Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, patrons. Good morning. Welcome to Wednesday. Let's do this. And welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Woo! Here's who'll be joining us on today's, dare I say, extravaganza. That sounds about right. At 6.30 this morning, it's my buddy Mike Keller of The Mike Keller Show. Yes, he's my buddy. At 7.15, speaking of buddies, it's our buddy Bags. Bags? Andy Baggett of UWBadgers.com. And at 7.45, J.P. Kidon from Spectrum Sports. Oh, and then there's these two. <laughs> Almost forgot. Give it up for Rob Vogel and Bill Johnson. Now those boos are going to me. That's not right, Dr. J. That is not right. Good morning. Rob Vogel in. No Bill Johnson as of yet. Hopefully he's safely driving down the interstate and nothing's happened between here and Beaver Dam. Yeah, that, that, that's a hope. Yeah, I know. it's a Well... <laughs> That, or I hope they didn't run out of coffee to fill that jug that he brings in here. And I mean a huge jug that he brings in here every morning. It's like morning. one of the, uh, the, the mega buddies or whatever, you know, you get at your local convenience store. I think, I'm sure I've said this uh, line that I stole from Dennis Miller before. It just was always one of my favorite stand-up routines when he was back in his heyday from Saturday Night Live. I saw him in concert, and he had the line, you know, it was about the, the 7-11 big gulps. Yeah. And that was a big thing. And he had the line... Who could possibly drink this much liquid? This is for the person who just walked off the face of the sun. <laughs> Nobody could need that much liquid as the uh, the Seven Eleven Big Gulp, or as in uh, Bill's coffee cup. And and look who's joining us now, Doctor hey, J. You know, Hi, Bill. Good morning. <laughs> they finally changed the intro and get me back in it, right? Yeah, and I'm not say. here for it. All of that, and then look what happened. You know, I just I kept throwing in just a couple other things I could do. Oh, my plants look a little dry. I guess I'll water my plants. You know, Great. Dumb. Great idea. And I thought I was the only one stupid enough with a whole long list of things to have to do, and that's why I got up at 3 this morning. Did you get a haircut, a- or are you just not wearing a hat? I'm not wearing a hat. Okay. Because right. I go from here to baseball practice to straight to work, so I've got to be showered and sort of clean looking. Oh, okay. So we'll see how that Congratulations. Goes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? And, oh, we would... Now we can get a chance to actually introduce the guy <coughs> pulling the levers and making all the things happen over there, whatever it is that happens on the other side of the wall. I believe he's a doctor. Oh, doctor! Hello, everybody. Big day here. Good Big morning. day for yeah. me. I'm happy. You want to do the breaking news, right? Go ahead. Do uh, the breaking news thing. It looks to be that the U.S. and Mexico and Canada, so we'll just throw them in here, has won the World Cup bid to host in 2026. Just a mere eight years from now. I'm excited. <laughs> so let me get this straight. We're going to host the World Cup with one country we want to build a wall between and the other one who we just ticked off (laughs) by saying we're going to get revenge, basically, on their... 
prime minister. Yes, it should probably go really smoothly. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. that's well, great. and after we go to war with Canada and take their Molson <laughs> and apparently their women, um, yeah, that'll that'll make things really really just awkward. the ones from British Columbia. Yeah, Remember of course, from of British course. Columbia. Uh, to be fair. Good job on uh, the governing body of soccer, who usually takes the worst decision of all time, like, I don't know, having Qatar host a World Cup. <laughs> that That's a good idea. Um, yeah, so good job on them, because th- this was the obvious option in this so case. When is it, 2026? 2026, because yeah. it was down to these three countries, or Morocco. <laughs> and it's like, hey, uh, here's a fun little statistic. The 1994 World Cup that the U.S. hosted... Is still the most profitable World Cup there has ever been. Ever. That was in 1994. We have all the facilities already made. So if it's it's the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, so does that mean there's going to be like one game in Mexico City and one game in Toronto and the rest is going to (laughs) be... No, no, there'll be more. Last time they had, uh, I think, Chicago, L.A., and then there was an East Coast site where you've had basically different pools and brackets, so... Uh, some can be playing up in, like you said, up in Toronto and others in Mexico City. And uh, you got like Vancouver. I mean, yeah. Mexico City's uh, the main stadium there is is pretty famous. That'll be great. Um, there, I mean, there'll be a number of games in the. I, I would assume though that championship would be in the United States. I would think. Right? I just yeah, it's, it's probably Jerry World. I just hope it's all got of them Jerry World no, 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 real grass, real grass. Yeah, you can't play soccer on that. Come on. Well, I mean, you can if you're you women. Yeah, you gotta have a retractable roof though, because I hate for all these people to travel a long way and then get. Rained so if on. it's okay, so I mean, I just I, I thought Jerry World just because that's where every big event happens now. So where where <laughs> where can they where can they play where there's real grass and they're gonna have that huge seating capacity? Rose Bowl. That's where they played the final 1994. So I mean, that's in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, in Rose Bowl. So uh, it's possible they can play. Yeah, any number. Lambo. Eighty thousand. It's field turf, but what is, what are, was it? MetLife Stadium. What are the Jets and Giants playing now? What's that thing called? Uh, yeah, that's field turf though. But but you know what? I can remember when they had. I think this is when they had the last um, World Cup. Didn't they bring in sod in some facilities where they had artificial turf? Because I thought they played games in the Meadowlands. That could be. Uh, For some reason, yeah. I, I remember a story mm-hmm. about. Them bringing sod into the Meadowlands, and I think it was for this. Okay. And the sod was brought in in these big cubes. So basically, we think of sod, we think of a roll of sod, you roll it out, and you hope it grows. What what they did was is it was like on the backs of flatbed trucks, these big like four by four cubes, and that's what they lined up, and that's what the what the playing surface. Okay, was. I have the answer to all of a, our questions. And they played well, a they've Soldier got the field in Chicago, didn't they? Oh yeah, I don't know. Well, that'd we, be a good one. We just had this Their whole field hypothetical. Sucks though, right? And this well, this one back uh, as Dr. J was mentioning last time around, it was in the old Soldier Field yeah. is where they played. Yeah, we had all these hypotheticals here, and uh, here here's basically the answer. So this is going to be the first time uh, that the World Cup they're going to expand the field that year from 32 teams like it is this year to. 48 teams uh, so there we go that's cool. the u.s might get in <laughs> I, th- I think we can qualify well you get the automatic qualification if, if oh, you host true. it yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's fair so do they all get the automatic qualification i'm then? guessing so i would ah, that's kind of interesting but I, I would think so probably with the expanded field that would make sense uh, so let's see the joint bid calls for 60 of the 80 games to be played in the united states including all matches from the quarterfinals onward while canada and mexico host 10 apiece and here's the kicker the final is expected to be played at MetLife Stadium, 
just outside of New York. Good shooting, boys. There we go. There we go. We got that done. This is all happening in the shadow of the fact that the World Cup kicks off this week in, I don't know if the first match is it in Moscow. It kicks off tomorrow. In, yeah, it's in, in Russia. J.B. Cadorn, I believe, is a big soccer nut, so we'll be able to ask him at uh, 745 when he joins us. It's kind of depressing like that the World Cup is kicking off tomorrow. It, it just... If, if it's the depressing US... that event starts or that we're not in it or... Yeah, that we're not in it. Okay. Because if we were in it, we would have been talking about it. It's a fun event. Even if we're not going to win it or whatever, I, it's still fun. I hate to rain on your nah, parade, don't Doc. don't do it. But in a, don't in be an old guy here. In a, in a gentle bend sort of way. Nobody wants to hear about soccer! Yes, they do. It's the World Cup. It's the greatest spectacle of all of sports. Should have seen Ben. He was breathing fire yesterday because Rob mentioned the word tennis during the program. <laughs> That's okay. I would have been, been on board with that. All <laughs> I did was a good, bad, and ugly mention that Rafael Nadal had won his 11th straight French Open, which is Who staggering. <laughs> <laughs> staggering to think about, for heaven's sake. Yeah, well, why Who does can, he play on some grass, huh? How about, you, how about he gets better on hardcourt, huh? Just... Just the clay for he, Rafa? Well, huh? no, he's actually won majors on I, other I'm aware, as well. Rob. Okay. Don't be such a hater. I'm making a generalization because it's funny for Rafa. Remember, radio. Bill's the one that hates. You're <laughs> what? the one that I builds thought robots. Patrickus was the one that hates. <laughs> that too. We all hate. You're the one that that's builds true. robots, and I'm oh, the one that gets yelled at that's and forgets his stuff. Rob on top has, of his Rob car, has passive aggressive hate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just for the Yankees, and it's open hate there. It yeah. is true. Oh, passive aggressive. Uh, yeah. Open hate. Well, we'll have Andy Baggett today is going to join us. Oh, wait, I forgot. I skipped over our first guest and how can i do that mike heller is going to join us at 6 30 i wonder if he's going to have a smile this from ear to ear after the brewers a uh, big win thanks to chase anderson i think last actually night he's going to come on I, my prediction he's going to be a little disappointed that the brewers didn't bunt in that game yesterday and score more runs than four i think bill uh, probably missed it too they turned their afternoon program into a bunting session oh i guess it was well as we found out from tom Argicord, bunting can cure cancer and world poverty so <laughs> well that's well, that's good, good. To, we should all go good out to and know that today. i'm gonna have the kids work on bunting practice this morning then if they can cure all of that mike heller at 6 30 andy baggett at 7 15 john audience might even pop his head in here at uh, seven o'clock i think he's Ooh. floating around the uh, building somewhere and jp cadorn to break down the entire world cup preview it give us the winners this year and then tell us how the u.s can get back in it by hosting it in 2026 my, my favorite thing to think about was soccer what if one of the american pro leagues went to the european pro league model in other words, yep. the bottom three teams in your league go and play in the minors next year. Right. Wouldn't that be wild? It would be amazing. See you, Florida Marlins. It was nice to know you. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lucas in the Morning. And now Yelich is going to be caught in a rundown. Kane on his way to second. Yelich trying to stay in it as long as he can. And now Yelich is safe. And now Kane is going to be safe at first. What a heads up play by Lorenzo Kane. Unbelievable. As long as the, you know, Yelich was hustling, as long as the guy that's running in front of you is hustling, um, uh, just kind of. I just kind of peeked back, looked back that you know, I saw that Rizzo wasn't recovering first. Uh, I guess he went home or somewhere. I don't know where he went. He said once I noticed that uh, he wasn't on first, I just told Yeller to you know get on the bag. Lorenzo Kane, prior to that, BA in the Rock with the call on Fox Sports Wisconsin. An odd play, part of the Brewers' win yesterday. I mean, I've seen a million rundowns. You've seen goofy rundowns before. 
uh, where they could put the funny music to it. But I don't know that I've ever seen the guy pointing, hey, you go here, I'm going to head back to first right, base, right. as Lorenzo Cain did. That both seem, Was he that heads up and aware of what was going on? Because it's pretty cool if he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chase Anderson is not going to the Hall of Fame. But since coming to the Brewers, Chase Anderson... <laughs> Here's the back end of compliment. You got to start off. Well, no, with no, 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 no. But, but, but I, no, this is a total compliment. Since since coming to the Brewers, when he's been healthy, Chase Anderson has won big games, and they gave him the ball yesterday. And so it's it is the middle of June. There's half a season to go, but it was a big game for them. And Chase Anderson turned in his best performance, maybe as a Brewer, but definitely his best one this year. He's been good against the Cubs. Yeah. I don't know what it is or why it is, but it's apparently a good matchup for him, whether it's him just getting up or he matches up well uh, against their hitters for whatever think, the reason might be. I think be. we all know. Chase Anderson gets up for big games. He's big game Chase. Is that what you're saying? That's, that's you, what you I'm saying. You can't chase him from big games? Wow. Uh, something wow. along those lines. There wow. you go. Uh, but Fantastic. we talked about it yesterday. It, it wasn't a uh, make or break season defining. There are a lot of games still left and a lot of things can happen. But given the fact that what had happened in the loss the night before, that the bullpen was now a bit depleted going into last night, that Josh Hader did show you could tug on Superman's cape. He wasn't invincible. Uh, to have that sort of bounce back performance for a whole host of reasons uh, was important. You know, could be significant. Now they come back today and, you know, win the series and then kind of pretty much all is forgotten about the one, you know, blown victory that they could have had sure. there. You, you kind of forget. You say, hey, you won the series. You bounced back from it. Those are all good things. Let's continue on and move forward from here. Uh, so it, it helps at least stop what could be a slide or could be a funk that a team could fall into after that tough loss. No, and you're, you're absolutely correct. And, um, I probably and many others are making too much of a series in June, but it's still important. I mean, eventually you get to the point where you don't have any more games against your division rivals, and, and they're important games. Um, it, it, the more I'm around people that are around baseball, though, I, I just wonder you know, what the psychological effect of anything is in baseball. Just because it's such a long season, you got to be a freak to play anyway. You know, mm-hmm. it, not not just to mention the athletic side of it, which is you know the big eliminator. If you, we've talked about it, if you can't hit, you can't play, unless you're a pitcher. Right. Uh, but if you can't hit, you can't play. But then now you have to, even with these wonderful gifts, then you have to have the mental capacity and the toughness to deal with it every single day. And people talk about the the how glorious it is being a professional athlete. When you're, you're a baseball player, it's, if anybody here ever worked second shift? Oh, yeah. It, 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 second shift can grind on you after a while. Sure. When you're a baseball player, you're basically working second shift the whole spring and summer, and you got, like, what, seven or eight days off the whole time? I mean, it's a, it's a grind. Even they get paid a ton of money, and I understand that. But to be able to go through that schedule you know, and show up when they show up at the ballpark every day, which is, like, what, two I mm-hmm. think for the for the players, they show up to to get ready before BP and stuff. Yeah, yep. and then they leave at midnight. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's a grind day after day after day, and I think to be able to put up with that is is really really something special. And you need to, if you're going to be a good to to great team, find different ways to win. Yeah, we can sit here and talk about that. Their model is they're built around their bullpen, and that bullpen can you know be lights out, and they can do that. But you do need stretches during a long season such as 162 games is 
where, all right, you know what? The starters are carrying us this week mm -hmm. or this two-week stretch or this homestand or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's going to be the bats carrying it, as they've already experienced. They had some a cold spell with the, the bats, and then they had a hot streak there where the bats were carrying them for a little while. So to have Chase Anderson do this, and you know, you got Chassin going today, who's pitched well. You know, maybe he can continue that for the starting staff. And one good start turns into two and maybe three or four in a row. And that gives the bullpen a bit of a rest, a bit of a break. And they don't have to carry you every single day. And that's what over the course of a 162-game season, great to good teams do. Well, and, and I think it's a good model because if your bullpen's good, you're at least, even if your offense isn't performing particularly well, mm -hmm. most days you're at least going to be in it. You know, and if something freaky happens, you can win. Um, they're set up, though, Basically, if their offense is hot, if they run into a hot streak, they're killing teams. If they run into a hot streak, they're going to have, like they did in May, is, is the way that they're going to play. So that's it's a it's a smart way to set up an organization. It also, in talking about that you need different ways to win, it points out for the umpteenth millionth time that we've already said in this uh, first two months, two plus months now of the season, of that the Kane-Yelich acquisitions how great they were, and how much so far they're paying off and finding different ways to win. I mean, we just played the clip of the, the bizarre play uh, from last night. Uh, they can do base running. They can play defense. They can hit the occasional long ball as well that those guys can find uh, a number of ways how to How about they just don't good. strike out every at-bat that they're up? That that, right. that helps as well. We have some more post-game uh, sound from uh, the fellas after the uh, 4 nothing win last night? Uh, yeah, we got uh, Craig Council. Let's, let's go with a little Craigsy right out of the gate here. We, we jumped on in the first inning, which I thought was, um, you know, it, it's been a, you know, really important to some of our offensive success this year is the first inning. You know, we, we got some base hits against him. You know, I know he's walked some guys in the past, but, uh, you know, I thought we, we swung at some good pitches there in the first couple innings. And they're back in first place. They're back in first place, so all is well. You can remain calm. Just real quick, around the room. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Let's move along about your business. Around the room, what's the best move Stearns has made so far? I got mine. Uh, I, I don't know how you decide. But for me, how do you decide between uh, Yelich and Kane? But uh, Honestly, yes. I don't think it's either of those. Really? I mean, what's yours? Probably the Travis Shaw trade. Boom. <laughs> I mean, that's that's mine. That wasn't bad either. Yeah. That, that's mine. I mean, I, the Yelich, Yelich and Kane were great, but... I mean, they've been searching for a third baseman since Don Money, essentially. Well, and it was, and, uh, you got to think about what the Brewers gave up. Brewers gave up Tyler Thornburg. How's that working out right, for Boston? Gonna, All right, yeah. like that's a massively lopsided trade. And so far, they gave up Lewis Brinson for Yelich. That's massive at that's, this point. That's, a, Shirts, that's an early trade small sample though, yeah. size, but it's working out pretty yeah, well. It, and they were searching for a leadoff hitter. And a number two guy on a consistent basis yeah. to be in front of Braun and whoever. So all all of these things, they're all right answers. Right. Maybe well, some also, more right than others. I mean, you think about it. So uh, Hader and Phillips come over in the same trade, right? Uh, were they, t they they were packaged together? And Brent, Brent Phillips? Uh, Brent Phillips, yeah, who's down in the minors at the moment. Uh, but he keeps popping up and down. And, you never and people really know. love him because of his infectious laugh. <laughs> he does have a great laugh. But he, he may turn into... can't seem to make the major league team, but they love that infectious yeah, laugh. Yeah, but he may turn into a trade trip at some point, too, if need be. Or, you know, if there's an injury or two, he's coming. He's the first guy up, for well, sure. So, so far, I mean, Hater makes that trade worthwhile, whatever Phillips does. Yeah, there was the Will Smith trade to San Francisco. Um, that's not working out great for <laughs> San Francisco at the moment. Yeah, the Brewers got, I think, band, what, Woodruff in that trade. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, they're, they're getting pieces for guys that are going to teams and not doing anything. Well, and, and he's he's willing to move stuff around. I think, and maybe I'm jumping the gun on this, is the referendum on Orlando Arcia coming? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away. Your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Oh boy, uh, it's it's kind of feeling like it's it. got he, a little while still yet. He looked awful at the plate last night he yeah. looked so uncomfortable and then he has it at bat last night where he ends up striking out because that's what he does and then chase anderson comes and hits a single yeah <laughs> and it's like okay if chase anderson legitimately looks more comfortable to play because he does like anderson looks like he can swing his stick a little bit sometimes and you got your starting shortstop who just is flailing away uh that i mean they got to they got to do something. They have to get him down to the minors again because it for is for an a, extended period. Yeah, it is a th- mess. I think that's what they wanted to do. Oh, absolutely. This last time, absolutely. but then the injury kind of buffaloed but, that whole. But there's motion. nothing else you can do. There's no vet you can go grab real. Qu- you know what I mean? Just right. just trade for a vet real quick who can just do some spot starts at shortstop, and he goes down for a month or something. It just it's watching him last night was gross. Well, it was bad. It gives them gives David Stearns who we were just talking about before. I guess another position to be kicking the can around on when it comes trade deadline. Last year with Todd Walker uh, that they got for second base, they might need some shortstop help depending on who's healthy and who's not. By the way, the other big victory besides Chase Anderson, who did go seven innings, gave up just one hit, two walks, no runs, obviously, uh, in the 4 to nothing win, and the team as a whole only gave up two hits to the Cubs yesterday. The Brewers' wives, I don't know if you saw this, Got a ten to three victory over the Cubs' oh, wives wow. out at Hellfair Park, right? Uh, you know, outside of Miller Park, there in a charity softball game. Did you see how the game ended? No. Did you see did the you video? See Sogard's wife? <laughs> no. She's play. She's a former Arizona State softball player. Oh jeez. She's playing <laughs> yeah. first base. She's pregnant. Yeah. Know, like, okay. I didn't I know, see that picture. Six months, whatever it is, enough to have a baby bump there. It's <laughs> she's making a big stretch in first place and making scoops over there. I'm like, how do you do that? I got a tough enough time. I got a you know a hangnail or something like that. And she's over there with a big baby bump. I, it. Uh, I, I will say that the way the game ended, there's you can go on Twitter and find the video. Was it a like, bench clearing brawl? Though? I wish. Oh, okay. If all the uh, Brewers are up ten to three, it's the you know last chance for the Cubs. are down to two outs. This this I don't I don't even know who hit it for the Cubs. Either way, she hits this single into center field. Uh, center fielder scoops it up <laughs> the girl who hit it tries to go to second because the center fielder kind of had to run to the side to get it mm-hmm. cool throws it in uh <laughs> whoever's playing whoever's covering second base is facing the outfield gets the ball and just reaches between her legs and gets the tag <laughs> like wow. so like it was like a sports center play like a javi bias something say, he would have done bias, or and, gene segura did that last night yeah and yet somehow jonathan vr can't Somehow, just get a nice easy scoop from the outfield and tag somebody out. I'm still bitter from a couple days ago. So I guess. Wow. I mean, but meanwhile, in the softball game, we can reach between our legs and get an out. But unbelievable, just unbelievable. Right. We probably got to get a break, don't we? We, we, do. we I do. I didn't yeah. hear the band playing us off the stage because yeah. 
YouTube is. We asked for the there. band to play us off the stage. Well, we That's a get, first. We want to get more time for Heller because you know that he is grinning right now oh, and excited. He's feeling good. He's, he's feeling talking himself. about his brewers. Yes. We'll break down bunting with uh, Mike Heller from The Mike Heller Show uh, on the other side. And we'll also have Andy Baggett and J.P. Cadorn in hour number two. It's Lucas in the morning. Yeah, it's always nice to jump out to a lead. We're pretty good when we score first, so uh, it kind of helps Chase settle into the game as well, and uh, we kind of just took off from there. Brewers third baseman Travis Shaw. Brewers 4-0 winners yesterday over the Cubs at Miller Park. They're back in first place in the National League Central. Joining us now to talk about that and other matters, the host of the aptly named Mike Heller Show, heard on these here radio stations. It's Mike Heller. Mike, how are you? Hi, fellas. I'm good. How are you? Well, we're we're uh, we're doing all right. I, it, we heard Travis Shaw on the way in, and we had a little discussion in segment one. In, in your mind, is that the best move that David Stearns has made thus far as as Brewers GM? Yeah, I, I would I, I would think you know you could you know, from a position player standpoint, all three of those are are pretty darn good. You know, the acquisition of. Kane and free agency, the Yelich trade, and the Travis Shaw trade. Um, but yeah, Shaw is a bigger sample set. Uh, it does answer a positional need that the Brewers had. They also had one, you know, where, where first base has been concerned and signing Eric Thames and then Jesus Aguilar has turned into a pretty good deal. I think most of the things that Stearns has done have ended up being really good. And, and one of the things that goes relatively unnoticed is all of those bullpen pieces other, well, I mean, all of those bullpen pieces are not homegrown. They're all acquired. So, you know, even the concept of going to get Jeremy Jeffress back, uh, some of that from a bullpen and a pitching standpoint has to be, um, you know, given credit to, to DJ, their pitching coach. But, shoot, I, I, I just, I think across the board, most of the moves that David Stearns has made in his relatively young tenure in Milwaukee, have worked out to be really good. So help us with the significance of uh, last night's victory. Somewhere in between Bill's must-win going into last night mode or the season is over, and Dr. J's none of them really matter because there's 162 of them. Where does this victory last night fall for you? Um, closer to uh, Dr. J. <laughs> I don't think there. I mean, in September there are must-wins. There are never, there's never been a baseball must win in June. Just, you know, not in Major League Baseball. They don't exist. I, I got the pleasure last night to um, sit next to Tom Hardercourt in the first row of the press box for the whole night. Uh, you know, and he's just, I, I love listening to him opine about all the things that are going on. And, you know, he talked to, him, he talked to us on the show yesterday uh, and reiterated some of the things that I was talking about. And that is that, you know, when this series ends this afternoon sometime in the 4 o'clock hour, the Brewers will have 94 games remaining. What are we doing talking about a change in the standings that would, com- you know, composite a full game? You know, today, right now, the Brewers lead by half a game. 
let's say they lose. And, you know, people will be angry because the Brewers will have lost 9 of 11, I think, then at that point against the Cubs. And they'd be a half game out of first place with 95 games or 94 games to play. What are we doing? You know, so that's why, no, I don't, I think it was a good win. Uh, Chase Anderson gave them exactly what they needed. Travis Shaw gave, gave them what they needed. Lorenzo King showed the value of being smart. Um, but it was a half a, it was a one game change in the standings on June 12th. Speaking of what are you doing, what are you doing having a debate on bunting with Tom Hardicourt and Dr. J and not immediately giving me a call to get in on all this? Well, okay, so can I ask you a question since we didn't do it on the air yesterday? Sure, and I didn't um, hear any it, of the bunting conversation, so Dr. J just informed me of this this morning. So uh, just an either-or. If you have a runner at first base and you want to advance him to second base, what's the better scenario to take advantage of your league-leading stolen bases or bunting and giving up the potential out? I'd st- it depends who's on first base, but I'd steal. I'm not a huge bunt guy. Yeah, and it also yeah. depends, if, even for any situation, I guess, whether the guy's the great steal guy or not. I mean, who's at bat? I mean, can the, is the guy even a decent sure. bunter? And yeah. who's coming up next? I mean, I don't want to give up the out. Like you said, if, if I've got a, a bunch of great hitters coming up next, but if it's a, a chance where I need to scratch one out there, you know, then, uh, then, I, well, then I go ahead and maybe consider doing so, especially if it's late in the game. Yeah. I suppose the biggest issue, and Dr. J was in with me yesterday afternoon, is that so many people were angry that uh, the night before, after Aaron Perez's leadoff double in the second, or in the seventh, rather, that they didn't bunt him over. And we all, you know, if you think about it, each of the next three hitters struck out. So even if you did bunt him over with Eric Kratz, who is, mm-hmm. you know, at 37 years old, the big burly catcher, probably not the world's best bunter, but. Even if you did bunt him over, the next two hitters struck out. So what are we debating? I, I mean, that's, that's the stuff I don't get. You know, on the season, the Brewers have five fewer sacrifice bunts than the Chicago Cubs, and everybody was, not everybody, but a lot of people were talking about Joe Madden would have bunted. They have five more sacrifice, <laughs> successful sacrifice bunts than the Brewers, and the Brewers have 14 more stolen bases than the Cubs. So what are we really debating here? Well, and I think... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big part of it, Mike, and you alluded to it a little bit with Eric Kratz. Um, there's just not that many guys that are really good bunters anymore, and and we can we can sit there and and complain about it and whine about how players are being trained or players are being brought up. But the reality is, you know, guys are out there, especially your guys in the top of the lineup. They're out there to rake. They're not out there to bunt. And we can complain all we want that they didn't learn how to bunt properly when they were down in the Arizona Fall League, but they didn't, and they can't bunt now. So if they can't bunt, do something else. Yeah, and that's the, it was one of the conversations Hardcore and I had last night is that I lament how people will always say, um, so often say, 
well, if you're in the major league and you can't bunt, there's something wrong with you. And the hardcore just looked at me and, and laughed. He goes, it's the worst argument in the history of baseball. It, they, people don't understand that it's, it's not a taught facet of the game other than in, in youth baseball. Once they move up ladder, uh, analytics don't tell you to bunt, so they don't spend a whole lot of time working on bunts, not individually, not as a group. They do it with pitchers. And they do it with certain position players who might, may provide that opportunity. But for the most part, guys, three through seven and eight in the lineup, they just don't spend a ton of time working on it, either personally or as an organization. Uh, quickly, as you get played off the stage here, uh, Chairman of the Board, who's your U.S. Open pick? You got a sleeper for us? And how's Stricker going to do? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a sleeper. I look at <laughs> When he's got it going and he's the best week in Memphis, um, he's the best player on the planet today when he's got it going. So Dustin Johnson. I'll go Dustin Johnson. And then, uh, yeah, Steve, Steve continues to play really, really well. And this course maybe sets up to his liking in some ways because you do have to hit it straight. And he has a pretty good run of, of being off the tee good and playing the short game well, but I, I don't know that Steve will be there when it's said and done. I'll go DJ. Thanks much, Mike. We appreciate it. We'll be listening this afternoon to Bunt Talk and Brewers <laughs> Breakdown. Thanks much. And Big Cat. Big Cat's on the show this afternoon at 4.30 from Barstool Sports. All right, nice. cool. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. That is Mike right. Heller from the aptly named Mike Heller Show. And he did. He not only he, he got played off the planet. Yeah. All of a sudden, his phone oh. went to hell as soon as the music. We went We wasted up. all his quality cell signal on the bunt talk. Well, and <laughs> that's that it. The, the, the death of the bunt in Major League Baseball. Somewhere, Jay Bell is weeping. Yeah, and I was going to say in my answer room, I'm the worst person to ask. I'm the guy who told his kids last night, "Hey, we're down a bunch of runs. Don't swing till you get a strike." And then your number nine hitter swings on a three and zero pitch. <laughs> oh, what did I just say? The leader of men. Yes, it's exactly. Lucas in the morning. Lost my good mother at my graduation. Uh, I guess she was excited to see me graduate. And, uh, you know, just had a heart attack and uh, came back here and had a foundation event and uh, she lost all brain activity that Wednesday. So, um, you know, it's, it's challenging at times, you know, but my family means everything to me. I don't know how close you guys are with your family, but my family means everything to me. And uh, if I have an opportunity to be home with them, I would love to be home with them. And the opportunity came, so I just you know, relaxed at home, caught up on some sleep, uh, just spent my time around my family. Packers safety, haha, Clinton Dix, talking about uh, why he was not at the Packers organized team activities. Why he was not at something he wasn't required or had to be at or paid to be. But at. but I mean you you we all understand that we we qualify it every time by saying that. But anytime somebody doesn't show up, it's a big deal. We make it a big deal. I mean, it's not no, really I a big th- deal. But I, no, I think required it's, to be there. I think it's. Really I think it's a big deal with the team too. With who? With the players? I don't think any of the players. Care. No, I think it's a big deal with the with the staff because they get limited. They get limited time with the players now anyway. Since 2011. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're the guy who just sat here, however x many days ago, and said in your mind, if it's not a big deal with the players, 
you don't care. You don't have a problem. No, with no. It. So I, I said, I, I, Rob. I said oh. I don't have a problem with it. I think the coaches have a problem with it, especially since 2011, because in 2011 was when they collectively bargained out however many of those off-season workouts that they used to have. Sure. So I mean, I think it's. I do think it's a big deal for the coaches, and I think it's one of those things that comes back to to haunt guys. Maybe on the practice field more than anything, but that comes back to haunt guys if you know whenever anything goes wrong. So I mean, it. I, I do. Th- it's. I think that when we were talking about Brett Favre in Minnesota, and they talked about fissures in the locker room, it's 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 a fissure. It's not a crack. It's just a little 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 tiny fissure. But that's what it is. Not not for this. You're talking about uh, even uh, a required mini camp. Okay, I'll go with you a little bit. You're talking about training camp. Obviously, all right. Then then there's something else. The who and the why. It can't be that big a deal. The coaches just the head coach of the Packers just excused a bunch of veterans from this required camp. So I mean, they can't be saying, "Oh, you got to be here, you got to well, be here," and then say, "You know what, you fellas, take it off." And especially what Haha does too. I mean, I don't know. And there's granted, there's a new defensive coordinator, and I understand that. But especially with the corners, and maybe even a little bit with the safeties, it kind of is what it is. You know, it, there's not. I don't think there's a tremendous amount of book learning for those guys anyway. A lot of what those guys do is more dependent on reading things and on instinct and things like that. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, and if it was a big deal, then do like you do with some other players. Write it into his contract that he's got to be there. Give some money, and that you got to be there. Or you if, or if you them. show up, you know, if it's that big a deal, do it. I, I'm. I don't know. I, I don't want to put. I, I can't read Mike McCarthy and all the coaching staff. I'm sure they'd like to have him there, but I'm sure that they've got. We've got enough other issues to worry about. That if he doesn't show up for this, and he has at least a legitimate reason or not, whatever, and it's not in his contract, then so be it. So if it's just now, here's the thing though, too, and I think this is what they worry about. If it's just one guy not showing up, that's fine. If all of a sudden it becomes an epidemic. And that everybody that's a veteran that thinks they're at or around the level of haha Clinton Dix decides not to show up for organized team activities, you know, then that's a problem. That hasn't happened. You know, and I think that maybe that's kind of the paranoia of being a coach where you think, well, geez, what if all of a sudden I show up and all I have is my draft picks and my undrafted free agents? That's not going to happen. We all know it's not going to happen. But I think this is kind of what goes through their minds when one of their leaders doesn't show. It'd be like us having to show up and uh, not getting paid to do the radio. Are we going to show up if we're not getting paid? Probably well, not. Well, there was a period of time last year. <laughs> <laughs> or are we going to show up three hours before the show and sit around for a couple hours, not getting paid, not doing anything until the show starts? It would be nice. I'm sure Dr. J would like to have the company in the morning while he's putting things together, and maybe there's something useful. Absolutely. I'd love to required. have somebody here. It's not there. You're not being paid for it. So, you know. They're not. They're not getting the rewards on the other end. They have no problem cutting a player loose when they want to cut him loose. When he gets a little injury, boom, you're gone. There's no guaranteed contracts except for maybe a quarterback. You're gone. So I have no problem when it's when it's not. If it's not a contract reason and, and there's a big problem, like you say, all right, then I'd understand it. If he's ha saying, I'm not coming to anything. I might not even come to the required camps. I want a new deal. All right, then there's a problem. But if a guy says a family member had a heart attack and I had a graduation and another uh, event with my family going on. Oh, all right, then then it's fine. You weren't required to be here anyway. Good. Birthdays, dead or alive, coming hopefully, up. Hopefully alive, most of them for that book. There's one. There's one coming up that I hope stays alive for a while. Oh, Lucas really? in the morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. <laughs> You son, it's your birthday! Here's Uncle Lukey. 
Rob, birthdays. We've got a lot of them and even one late addition, an important one uh, to this list. All right, let's get into some uh, some music here. We, we we eliminated Bobby Freeman, who was born on this date in 1940. Do you want to dance and hold my hand? All right, that's what I thought the, how the song went. Here we go. All right, so you know, oh, I'm going to start singing. You know this song. It's just that ironic the- that this song, because yeah. this came out when I was like five or six. This is Billy Don't Be a Hero by Bo Donaldson and the yes. Haywoods, also done by Paper Lace. Yes, but born in 1960, or now it is 64. All the little me. girls in my kindergarten class would sing this to me to tease me. It's ironic that his birthday is today. And this is the one-hit one wonder, right? For Bo, Bo Donaldson, yeah. yeah. didn't have anything else. Paper Lace actually had a couple more hits than Okay. That. So pre-show, I get the list sent to me. So I played this I played this song because I hadn't heard it. And I played like the first minute or so of it. <laughs> Your generation makes fun of my generation for music. It's incredible. Oh, no. This this is the biggest garbage period of music ever. The, the early 1970s. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 70s, there were story songs. There was this, there was Run, Joey, Run, there yeah. were Seasons in the Sun. I mean, it's all just garbage. What? It's schlock. Wait a minute. When you say, what year is this? This what is 1971 or 72, all I right. think. I mean, I was three, so I don't know how much my generation was writing this music. I'll take the blame at the for age it. Of three, I was into music and sports yeah, early, your, so all I'll, your I'll take the blame for it. All your fault. All right, let's get on to some other ones. John Nash, Nash mathematician, the uh, subject of the movie A Beautiful Mind, born on this sure. day in 1928, also won a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, Red Grange, the Galloping Ghost from the University of Illinois, 1903, was his birthday, June 13th. All right, have you heard of Basil Rathbone? Yeah, he played uh, Sherlock Holmes wow. in the movie. Nice, good call. 14 films in all yeah. from 1939 to 1946. By the way, that's a lot of movies to pump out in that uh, he was the Robert Downey Jr. of his time. <laughs> I guess. In our profession right now, Tony Bruno, sports radio talk show host, uh, celebrating his birthday today, turning 66. Hannah Storm. All right, do we, have, we could probably lose Billy, don't you think? No. Wait, wait, I got to set up on the other one. All right, you have the theme, one of the theme songs for us? Yeah, that, that's what Let's I was go to one of the theme songs then. What theme song is this too, Bill? Oh, this is, uh, and I knew they had their birthday today too. It's, um, I can never think, oh, um, Come Full on. House. There we go. Full House, yeah, yeah, can, yeah my kid's I, new favorite show. I knew, I knew Ashley and Mary Kate were today. Yeah. Ashley and Mary Kate, born on this date in 1986, so as I was graduating from high school uh, when they were born. And so the two of them would play the one character on the show, whatever that uh, girl's name was on right. the show. Uh, so I was about to say Hannah Storm from... Let's see, CNN, NBC, now of ESPN, married to Dan Hicks uh, on NBC, so they are a sports family, uh, born in this date in 1962. She had a weird, serious accident that she suffered, like uh, the gas grill or something like yeah, exploded yeah. And, yeah. and caused some serious uh, damage to her. All right, 
This is the theme song to what, Bill? The Waltons. Yes, sure. indeed. Good call. That now that is. You were probably yeah. That was the, I was the, like the ten years old, nine, ten, still, something yeah. like that. Because I think that debuted in like seventy four, maybe. All right, and now John Boy. Where? Oh, Richard Thomas. There it is. Yeah. He was born on this date in nineteen fifty one, turning sixty seven today. Uh, who else we got? Um, Jason Spezza from the NHL. Valerie Burry, another former NHL player. Do we have we cut? Have we got his theme yeah, song? Yeah, there it is. Long, is this it? Sure. I couldn't. Is I couldn't it? think okay, of anything. Go. I just. This you was know, your song. I am the walrus. Is that it? That's it. I am the walrus. It is my birthday. Goo goo kachoob. Bill Johnson turning 53 today. <laughs> Doesn't look a day over 51. No. Thanks, <laughs> <Big sock>. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. Anything under 60, man. It's about as old as the coffee mug that he's uh, got or the coffee inside. So happy birthday Thank to you. Bill. Thank you. As well, John Audius will join us in hour number two, as will Andy Baggett and J.P. Cadorn on Lucas in the Morning. Hey, patrons, good morning. Welcome to Wednesday. Let's do this. And welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Woo! Here's who'll be joining us on today's, dare I say, extravaganza. That sounds about right. At 7.15, it's our buddy Bags. Bags? Andy Baggett of UWBadgers.com. And at 7.45, J.P. Kidon from Spectrum Sports. Oh, and then there's these two. <laughs> Almost forgot. Give it up for Rob Vogel and Bill Johnson. All right, big voice guy, hour number two, Lucas in the morning. I am Bill Johnson, Rob, with two Bs to my left. Morning, Bill. Happy birthday. The doctor guiding the switches. And- Is there a doctor in the house? I'm a doctor. What's up, Nice. Yeah, one of my one. favorites. I grew up with that stuff. And joining us now, the uh, voice of Badger Volleyball, it's John Adius. John, good morning. Hey, fellas. What's up? Happy we, birthday. Thank you. Take Bill. a stab at his age. How, if you're looking at him, oh, guess Bill's age and then <laughs> guess Bill's liver's age. Oh, jeez. Uh, you are 46. <laughs> and your liver is... <laughs> 87. <laughs> hey, I won on both! You, no, you clearly went with that whenever a woman asks you how old you think I look or something. 24. You say, whatever she says, take ten, whatever she looks, take 10 years off You look about 47, Vogel. Thank you. Am I close? Uh, oh, see, look at it. Listen, yeah. listen to how Vogel's tone changes. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> oh, yeah, you're just buttering him up. Hey, Rob, you look yeah. 47. Well, thank, oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, actually, I'm 36. But oh. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, Sorry. very good. Very By the, the way, that cartoon uh, soundbite, yeah. I may sound like a, a wuss here, but uh, a couple years ago, like Tom and Jerry, we went to my parents' house, and we had my daughter, she must have been three at the time, watch a little bit of Tom and Jerry. They had it on a uh, VHS tape. That's and a thing I, that existed in the past, kids. Yeah, and I stopped mm-hmm. it. I'm like, no, 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 no. We, we, uh, this is way too violent. I stopped it because I thought it was way too violent. Tom and like, Jerry. I didn't realize watching. I'm like, they just constantly smash each other in the face <laughs> and the head. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want my. Well, that's oh, where Itchy no. and Scratchy came I, from. My, I know. My itchy and Scratchy making. Fun so of I them. stopped it. And I didn't. That's the first time in my life I realized how violent old cartoons really were. Oh, man. How about the Roadrunner? You ever get an anvil dropped out? That's my favorite <laughs> Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. I was just afraid that she was going to start hitting people. I'm so. always appalled about how many people don't get it when I reference, you know, if two people are doing something stupid, 
and I'll call them, well, I got itchy and scratchy. They don't even actually have to be doing something stupid. You know, Dr. J could ask me something, I'd refer to the two of you as itchy and scratchy just because you're here. Who itchy and scratchy? You, you I don't, don't get itchy that. And I'm like, scratchy, come on, the Simpsons? I, I, guys, I, I grew up in the 90s, so yeah. the Simpsons were part of my diet. So Family Guy came around, wow, and then the Simpsons odd. weren't funny anymore. You don't look a day over 56. Yeah. I don't know how that <laughs> Thanks. is. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much. U.S. Open teeing off this week. You mentioned it when you walk in here. Uh, where does the U.S. Open rank for you in terms of your favorite golf tournaments to watch as a spectator? Uh, well, all the majors instantly go to the, the top four. Like right. I, I don't want to miss any of that, especially on a Sunday or yeah. the opening day on a Thursday. So if I had to rank just the majors, I would go Masters, then I would go U.S. Open, then the Open Championship, and then probably the PGA. Can I, I put players, ranked. like the players open above three of those? Probably I'm going Masters and then the players. I put the players at number five. Yeah. See, yeah. I just, I, I think they've all got their place. Yep. I think the U.S. Open is designed for that guy who's sitting on the edge of his seat just watching for a player to make a violation so he can call in <laughs> and tell him, oh, yeah, he, he didn't address his ball properly. He gets a two-stroke penalty. Um, because that's also the guy that likes to see the greatest golfers in the world get dragged down to his level. And the U.S. Open, well, basically since the last time it was Shinnecock, they've tried desperately not to be that tournament. Because when they had the tricked-up greens the last time at Shinnecock, it was a joke. Um but yeah, it's it, it's it's basically designed for that to make just to to make the lives of these highly paid professionals miserable. And they they were tricked up because they basically stopped watering them for two years. You right, know, one one of them turned purple. They yeah. actually had to water it during the final round to keep it from totally dying in, in the middle of the round. I'd go with you, Masters one, because. Not only is it the same course every year, it's so beautiful, and there's a lot of fun to watch, but it's the first one of the year, and you're like, finally, spring is here. I'm going to get to go golfing, go outside soon, and do Plus stuff. Plus, you get Jim Nance. Do, do, no, do, do. no, thank you. You know what? I uh, might put the Open Championship second. I was just going to say. Because of the put, timing. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I was going to put the Open second because it's on, and I wake up in the morning, you can have breakfast, you can hang out, and you're yeah. watching guys play golf, and it's fun, different shots across the pond. And Wraps they're up having early. to yeah, wear yeah. sweaters and For hoods sure. and whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're I like, it, yeah. hey, it's 85 degrees here. They're freezing their butt. You know, there. what I like about the Open Championship is the further north they get as far as the course, yeah. the drunker the crowd is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you, you look you, you look out into the crowd, those guys that are following the, the, the last group up on 18, and you see they've got these enormous beers they're drinking. And I understand. I mean, it's it's probably, there's probably not a stand that close. But, I mean, it's it's like a quart and a half, you know? And, and they're the guys from train spotting. It's fantastic. I always yes. thought it'd be fun to go to the Open Championship, but then, like, what Vogel said was the weather is horrible so then I think that it might not be that fun yeah you'd have to get the right year for it the US Open it's okay to watch but I'm always could I just have a couple more birdies it's funny when you <laughs> say like the guy who likes to see the pros being brought yeah, down to yeah. our level the funny thing is is they're not actually still being brought down to our no. level. They are still <laughs> shooting far beyond what we all shoot, average Joe. Even if they grind to a 72 or a 74, that's still better than almost all of us who play golf You know, on a weekend basis not or to once mention, a month or whatever it not is. Not to mention if we played that course on those days with oh, those right. conditions, oh, yeah. be like we'd a, be shooting like 112. Well, you remember the bets at like Tiger Woods and they did the things where they had certain celebrities come out. Like I think it was Justin Timberlake once and Ben Roethlisberger did it once. And they'd have average Joe come out. 
what would they shoot on an open course or a major championship type course? And Tiger bet that they wouldn't break a hundred or something. Oh, for and, sure, they would. And yeah, and they, they weren't. Yeah, I mean, especially I played Pebble Beach once and shot mid uh, mid eighties, and that was hard. And when I was playing well, and you're playing from the tees that were your right. tees, and you weren't playing from US, the US the pro, Open rough or right, anything right. like that. Imagine so. playing from the pro tees. Like we would, it would probably be close to one twenty. I, I bet I know. It, I you know I probably know twenty people that have played the championship course at Whistling, mm-hmm. and out of those twenty people, and they're all good golfers. I bet five of them quit before they got done, just be, just or or it expressed that they felt like quitting just because it was that hard. Yeah, I've played it and played well there and shot an an okay score. I've been able to break Did eighty I golf there with you. We did golf together once, but one, it was nowhere near the tees they were playing, right. so we went way back. We had really perfect weather, and the rough wasn't up as much. I'm sure you've probably played. Uh, did you play back in the day when the GMO U.S. Bank Championship was in? Uh, I did, but I have played brown okay. deer. Yeah, so I played brown deer before. It's just mm-hmm. you know, average Joe when I lived in Milwaukee, and then I played it on Media Day right before the tournament, and the rough grows up so thick. Oh. And what for those guys, you know, the pros is of course they just carve up. You know, they're shooting. Six, seven, eight under on a given round. Sure. For us, if you put it in the rough, it was one or two shots to hack it yeah, out to get back in, and we were. If you toast. could find it, right? So I was lucky if I shot even a reasonable score, nowhere near what those guys are shooting. So better scenario for golf. I mean, and, and I guess we can throw a little bit of our personal opinion into this. We get to Sunday, and it's Tiger versus Phil. We get to Sunday, it's Tiger or Phil versus Dustin Johnson. Uh, or we get to Sunday and it's Dustin Johnson versus Jordan Spieth, two of the, the, the guns going at it. What's the best case scenario in your opinion? Well, TV ratings-wise, it's just anything with Tiger because he draws people that don't care about golf or don't care about, uh, as you might say, rich Caucasians uh, yeah. battling it out for trophies. But is it is so, it, is uh, it, he's going to bring other eyes and eyeballs to it. Is, so it, better, is it better if he's playing Phil or is it better if he's playing... Johnson or, or Spieth or one of the young guns. I don't think it matters at all. I don't think it, it just matters has to be him. I give a slight edge to maybe Tiger versus Phil because that's a good storyline. Yeah, you know the two old guys going at it. But I don't think it would matter. I think if Tiger's there, that's going to be ridiculous. Either way, it's different and it's fun. It would be fun to see him go toe to toe just once. You know, with one of these yeah. young guys that this generation of Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth that you picked out those two names, Ricky Fowler, whoever you yeah. next, who were all inspired by Tiger. You know, they might have gotten into golf anyway, but to get to where they got to, Tiger was a driving force. And so it'd be fun to see that because Jack had an occasional duel with a younger player or somebody else who came along later. It'd be fun to have that for Tiger as worst, well. Worst case scenario, unknown player, not from the United States, leading by four going into the final well, round. the U.S. Open usually produces those. <laughs> yeah, that's the I one tournament say. does. Who keeps it straight and can just make par score. And real quick, that's the worst thing. Like, if you have a four-stroke lead in the U.S. Open, scoring is at a premium. Like, that's not very fun to watch because it's hard to overcome four shots unless the other guy just screws up. Thanks, John. All right, see you guys. John, John. audience, everybody, thanks, John. It is Lucas in the morning. You know that chick that used to dance a lot? Every night she'd be on the floor shaking what she'd got. Man, when I tell you she was cool, she was red hot. I mean, she was steaming. center field gamble racing back still going back at the wall leaps up that ball is gone big fly for mike trout 22nd of the season ties this game up at one trout sky one high and deep to left has he done it again he has 
big fly for Mike Trout. <laughs> Halos are down one. Mike Trout, a couple more home runs, now has a league leading 23. The favorite going away, I would say, for AL MVP, right? And yet his Angels lost last night to a couple of big flies uh, by the Mariners. Who Gene Segura, the former Brewer, had an amazing mm-hmm. behind-the-back, no-look sort of tag at second base on a, on a great throw from the uh, the right fielders, the the Mariners. Did you you know the Mariners are leading the American League West? They're still they? they're still in the league. Yeah, I didn't know they were in the league, but uh, they have been on fire for a while right you now. You want to talk about a team that labors in anonymity, you know? And and they've actually gone out and made some big moves, you know. I mean, you mentioned Segura's there. Is Robinson Cano still playing for them? I mean, he uh, could well, well no, he not since he got suspended for. 80 well, oh, that's games right, he got that's right, he got suspended. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he was. You, all you heard about was Robinson Cano for how many years, and then he signed a free agent deal with Seattle, and it was like he signed in Japan. And that's yeah. no fluke when you're leading the AOS. They beat the Angels last night, who certainly have talent and are above 500. The Houston Astros, oh, by the way, are the defending World Series yeah. champions. They've done fairly well so far this year. They've already got 43 wins. But Seattle has 43 wins, 24 losses to have a half-game lead on uh, the Houston Astros. Joining us now is Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Good morning, Andy. How are you? I'm good, guys. How about you? Not not too bad. Question, because we were talking about Mike Trout as being a an American League uh, MVP candidate and how great he is, which is certainly undeniable. There's an interesting story uh, about a National League superstar, a player that Trout is often compared to, and Bryce Harper. We often discuss who gets more attention and is it justified between Trout and Harper. And Harper, who uh, soon could break the bank on a free agent deal signing, uh, where you hear 10 years, 300 million, 300 million thrown around, Yet one NL exec, when an anonymous quote for a story, said Bryce Harper is, quote, a losing player. He is definitely struggling this year. There's no doubt about that. But this exec went on to say all he cares about is himself, his own stats. Uh, he's not a winner. There's no way I'd give him 10, mil- 10 years and $300 million. I guess one first, what, what is your opinion of Bryce Harper as how that relates is what kind of player is? Can we tell whether he's a losing or winning player? And how do you handle an anonymous quote like that where it's one exec who could have a whole host of motives for putting that out there? Well, that's why you have to take all those anonymous quotes with a grain of salt, especially if it's only one, especially when it's as caustic as that. I, I, when you brought up, as you started to ask the question, my first thought was I, I think we heard a lot of that about very similar rhetoric about uh, Alexander Ovechkin, very talented, very uh, enigmatic and earlier in his career, that doing things that uh, he, he was good enough to lose to, to get to the – to get to the finish line and find a way to stumble before he got to it and, and uh, didn't do the little things that were necessary to win. Uh, I see a lot of parallels there, including the city that they're playing in. But uh, uh, somebody's going to pay Bryce Harper an awful lot of money, but he's going to have to be, uh, I think there are some holes in his game. I think there's some holes in, in, in his franchise that uh, need to be addressed. And uh, I, I'm not when we start throwing around those numbers, those financial numbers, you better be 100% certain that the person you're getting is not only talented, but is prepared to be the absolute face of the franchise in every way, including being a spokesperson and taking criticism like this. But the problem is that the criticism is anonymous, and it can create a lot of issues, not only in your clubhouse, but throughout the league as well. 
you know, and, and I'm I'm not going to be a member of the current White House and, and talk about fake news, but it, when you have something like that, as you mentioned, Andy, such a caustic comment, and it's not attributed to anybody. I mean, as as a guy that writes, is that something you go with, especially when it's just you know one opinion, or, or do you have to get a few more other you know anonymous opinions that are at least close to that about the guy? Well, who, who, whose byline are we talking about? That's the big question. If it's if it's in baseball, in the world of baseball, if it's Peter Gammons, if it's uh, if it's uh, Rosenthal, if it's someone who's established. I think it has a little bit more credibility and a little and more thought is given to it than if it were, uh, you know, a, not to disparage daily beat writers, but someone who covers a team specifically and and a lot of people aren't aware of. There's that's that's where it starts. I mean, if there's uh, if it, if somebody has if it, if it's someone you know and it's someone whose opinion you respect, I mean, uh, a writer that you respect, then I think it carries a little bit more weight than if it's someone you don't know. Brewers win yesterday over the Cubs. Last night, four to nothing, getting a good outing from Chase Anderson. Seven strong uh, innings. An interesting question that Bill brought up when we were talking about players that contributed yesterday, whether it was Kane or Yelich, and and on down the line, Travis Shaw, who had a couple of uh, big doubles. What do you think to this point has been David Stern's best move? And we came up with about four of them, I yeah. think, at least off the top of our head, and we said there's really no wrong answer. Any one of those you could make a case for, but in your mind. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Is there one that you would pick over the other where this move uh, it trumps all the others? I think Lorenzo Cain, because not only did you add a guy who's who's got a resume, who's a playoff MVP, who's uh, who's led a team to a World Series championship, uh, who's who's you know certainly one of the best players at his position in Major League Baseball, but he has a presence in the clubhouse. He is someone who clearly thinks the game, who clearly cares about the game, clearly cares about being in Milwaukee. He's made it very clear that getting back there after time in Kansas City was a big thing to him. I think when you have a leader on your team who puts forth messages as he does, who puts forth effort as he does, who puts forth production as he does, that to me is... Those are those are difficult commodities to fill in in the in the name of one person, and yet that's what's happened with Lorenzo Cain. And I think that the, if you're talking about 
as, as comprehensive impact as you could have, I think his acquisition was uh, is the biggest. Well, and, and here's the thing, and we talked about bringing up these moves that Stearns has made, and for the most part they've all been good moves and they've all helped and they've improved the team faster than many of us thought the team would improve. I think that just makes the, the impending trade deadline that much more exciting because you got a guy running the show mm-hmm. that, that you have faith in, that you're excited to see what kind of moves he's going to make. Well, there's there's no absolutely no question about that. He's he's definitely won over a lot of people with his with his uh, uh, player personnel acumen. He's definitely uh, made some really good decisions regarding personnel. And and you're right. I think you have a you have a very interesting combination. If you're a Brewer fan right now, you have to you have to believe that the combination of Mark Adonacio, who's willing to pay the freight, and 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 Stearns, who's who's willing to uh, to explore a lot of different options, I think you have uh, a good combination of guys who are who are know that uh, that deadline's coming up, know that this is a contending team, know that uh, there's some really good pieces out there to be had, and it's a matter of putting together a good enough deal to make it all happen. Uh, I, I would think I would feel, if I'm a Brewer fan, I feel pretty safe about what the circumstances are at this point. When we've talked about what could come for a trade deadline and what the Brewers might need to look at, certainly starting pitching is one that gets talked uh, pretty frequently and near the top of that list, if not at the top. Uh, but one that Bill brought up earlier today, is shortstop now on that list? Or do you think that they still have an answer at shortstop and don't need to at least get a short-term fix at that position given the struggles of Arcia? I, you know, I, I'm not so sure that the... I, let me see how uh, it, Brad Miller pans out. You know, there's... Sometimes you get guys that uh, that uh, just need that opportunity, and and he he's, I think it would be I think this is going to be a good opportunity for uh, to get a measure of what he can do. Uh, I, I'm not Orlando Arcia is not someone that you write off, uh, and and when you look at that when you look at that lineup, yes, you'd like that production out of the shortstop spot, but uh, you're getting you have great protect you have great production out of the third base spot, and you have. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, run production, and, and I think you're going to get to eventually get to that out of the first base slot. So your corner infield guys are, are definitely coming through, and, and, and shortstop. If you're, I, I would I would have to really look at a deal to 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 judge whether or not that has to be done. Because right now, you're I still think you're in a pretty comfortable position with regards to evaluating your options as opposed to going out and getting someone in terms of a trade. Thanks, Andy. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Enjoy your days. Thanks, Andy. You too. That is Andy Baggett from uwbadgers.com. Are the Golden State Warriors ready to just open up the checkbook and give it to Kevin Durant and say, you fill in the numbers and we'll see you next season? Yeah, why wouldn't they be? Well, we'll talk (laughs) about that when we come up next on Lucas in the Morning. You know, constantly under the pressure. I can't go nowhere and work out by myself. Fans come meet me at the field. You know, I can't do nothing normal. You know, you guys write about me every day. My mom, my kids here. So we have to deal with these type of things, you know. Uh, and I started to think to myself, am I really free? You know, I can't really express myself in this game. I can't really tell you guys how I feel. You guys make the pressure to put pressure on me all the time. Am I really free? You know, and I go to asking myself that. Being in regards to taking away time from my kids and everything that's going on, so. I had to get away to, you know, free my mom. Antonio Brown, what, where, where was he going? I, I mean, I don't get it. See, 
and if if there's any ploy with teams that I tire of, and and I know that our friend uh, over at Camp Randall Barry Alvarez made you know this thing us against the media. I I I think it, I think it's the cheapest, cheesiest ploy that teams pull, mm-hmm. and. You know that was one of the the building blocks of that program was just you know oh, they're out to get us they don't believe in us this and I understand it to a point but anytime anytime like Antonio Brussels you guys put all this pressure on me BS we're here reporting on what the hell you say right. people that watch you people that show up at Heinz Field every week think that what you say is important we're gonna tell them what you say all right. We're, we're not out to get you. We don't get any extra money if you're a failure. We don't want you to fail. We're, I mean, if you succeed, actually our lives are better. We, are, we get to work a little bit longer that year. So it, it, this whole notion of, ah, it's the media. The media is out to get us. It's just the biggest load of crap. This coming from a guy who Uh-oh. did a Facebook, what, it, what was it, Antonio did the Facebook live stream inside the locker room with Coach yeah. Tomlin and yeah. his comments and got his coach in trouble and you then guys. got himself in trouble. Um, has done all sorts of self-promotion type acts on sure. social media and other things. Some of them very good. Some of them funny. Some for mm-hmm. charity. Uh, lots of different things. Has lived a very public life doing these things. Mm-hmm. Has benefited from it and been hurt by it. To then say that, like, you don't give me a break. I don't have any quiet time. And you put yourself out there. You're you're, you're doing sure. this. I know a lot of guys. I always say Jordy Nelson. Even I was literally going to say Jordy Nelson. I'm just trying to think. There are lots of guys who play in the NFL who live peaceful, quiet lives. Even some of them who are oh, yeah. very talented, who are yeah. you know very productive players, um, you know, other than what they have to do in their required media obligations or whatever, that we don't know all that much about their personal lives, or we don't know sure. about them every second of the day and what's going I mean, on. Really, I mean, look they, at they look at a lot of the problem. look at a lot of the Packer receivers. I mean, the Packers have had some really talented wide receivers go through their time. Uh, even like Greg Jennings when he was here in his prime was really fantastic. How much did you really know about Greg Jennings? How much pressure do you think Greg Jennings was under? Like not like Antonio Brown because he chose to put himself in the spotlight like he did. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't till the end with Greg Jennings right. with his contract and yeah. then comments that he made after he yeah. left. But um But I mean but yeah, but you're right. Brown has put himself in the position to because because of all the celebrations, because of you know, all the stats and everything, to be sure. honest, uh, he's put himself in a position where he could have gone one or two ways. He could have been an amazingly talented player who could have been Kawhi Leonard and didn't talk much and didn't say anything outlandish or do anything outlandish. Or he could have been Antonio Brown, and he chose to be Antonio Brown. That was a choice, a conscious choice by him sure. to be in the limelight. So, oh, wow, shocking. Well, to, to There's going to be some pressures To use that. his position, he could have been Andre Johnson. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Perfect. I mean, Perfect one, of the, one of the best receivers in the league and Larry Fitzgerald. Other than, other than his touchdowns, you didn't hear from him. Same thing, Larry Fitzgerald. Yep. It's, I mean, it's just you can kind of choose who you want to be and who you want to be perceived by in the media and by fans. And he chose one path; the other sure. guys chose a different one. So now you can't sit there and, and backtrack on it. Be like, oh, you guys are putting so much pressure on me. Get out of here, you loser. Brown and the Steelers are starting to remind me that the Pittsburgh has sort of become. Uh, in my mind, an NBA team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the uh, look at me, passive aggressive. I'm tweeting about this. Leave me alone. But oh, by the way, here's my self promotion. Uh, it's about this championship we're gonna put together. We get, they're talented. Oh, you mean like I'm gonna retire? Yeah. Right. Oh, Todd Haley's and gone. Now I'm gonna play five yeah, more years. Yeah, it's not just an Antonio Brown thing. It's a you know Todd Haley's had off the field drama when he was the offensive coordinator. Ben Roethlisberger with all his drama. Right. Sometimes you know Tomlin is very outspoken as a coach, um, and that's not always a negative thing. But there's <sighs> just they're always in the news for something. But I want to sometimes say 
Steelers, when's the last time you've won a championship? Right. You know, that you've been very good, but we've always been saying, like, shouldn't you be a little bit better? I don't quite understand. Last year, putting the targets on their back in some ways and saying that they were better than the Patriots, and then they didn't even get home field advantage in right. the playoffs. Well, well they, they kind of did. Part of, part of got, that, they got robbed of it. Yeah. Part of that, too, though, is it with Roethlisberger? And I would never take anything away from him on the field. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I, th- I think he's uh, been... That was uh, a good. That was a very good uh, way of phrasing that, by the way. But, I mean, but he's not exactly... The Rock of Gibraltar, as far as the leader of your organization, when you and there hasn't been anything really since the motorcycle accident and the and the whole suspension and everything else. And he he definitely had some dust ups personally, but he's not. You know, there were the like massive sexual assault allegations. There was always, yeah, yeah, there was some of those. But but there's the always limping on the field and everything is always hurting and the drama just going. You mean the constant walking? He's not a good player, tough player. But the same thing, you know, we've talked about the Warriors and some of these LeBron and his passive aggressive and some of that. The Warriors now facing situations with Draymond Green and what's going on. Supposedly, there's some behind the scenes issues with many of these players. Uh, Kevin Durant now saying he's not going to give the hometown discount for the team. For the Warriors, mm-hmm. and but the Warriors GM basically saying, "Fine, I mean, we'll give him whatever he wants." Sure, but this could then have a trickle down effect to Draymond Green. What's going on? And if you saw their parade, Draymond's trolling LeBron James with his T-shirt. There's just always something that they put themselves out there. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Steph Curry is actually the the least uh, of these guys in, in putting himself out there. Clay, yeah, it's Clay Thompson. It's Clay, just, Clay Thompson. Yeah, probably Clay Thompson. It's yep. just interesting too that. When you look at these teams, especially teams from a place like Pittsburgh or Green Bay, things like they say, well, the team reflects its population. The team reflects its fan base. Yeah. And everything you mentioned about the Steelers, they don't reflect the people not, of not Pittsburgh. Anymore. No. Not this team. No. no. Not especially one without a defense, as they haven't really had in the past few years. Right. That used to be their calling card. J.P. Kadoran coming up. Lucas in the morning. Before the year, I saying, we're not going to be suck this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! No, that was not Ivan Drago from Rocky Four. That no. was J.P. Kadoran giving a pep talk to his peewee team before their last game. <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, who uh, is, we're not going to suck today. Alexander Ovechkin is my spirit animal. <laughs> it's, it's, He's it's, on the bender of all time oh, sports celebration. Beautiful thing. Going on right now. Joining us now to discuss uh, a, a jubilant uh, Alexander Ovechkin and other things uh, from Spectrum Sports, it's J.P. Kadoran. J.P., good morning. It is a bender to end all benders, isn't it? It's marvelous. Did you know his mother was an Olympic athlete? Like a two-time Olympic athlete? She played basketball, and she, and I don't know if it's uh, Ovi has a brother or another relative, own a women's professional basketball team over in Moscow. Mm. Uh, that plays, that? Then a number of the American women that play in the WNBA, when they go in the offseason for them, a lot of them go overseas and play. So I know uh, Lindsey Whalen, who plays for the Minnesota Lynx, right. went over there and played for Ovi's mom. And so, that's where they actually wow. make. That's where they actually make their money. They do. They make the they players. Yeah, there, make yeah. A, a lot of money. And so she was telling the story about that. Uh, she met Ovi once because he came over in the off season and went to a game or two of her <laughs> Russian basketball team. And, and there's it, your Minnesota Lynx update. That is <laughs> it. Yes, way to work it in. Exactly. Uh, so so JP, it, it, it's. 
I think people have been up and down on Ovechkin for years. I think hockey fans in general are kind of cool to Russian players a lot of times, and it's always kind of been cast as he was the bad guy and Sidney Crosby was the good guy. It it's and I don't know if he feels this way, but I think it's the way it comes across. It's a wonderful moment of redemption for him. It, it's a wonderful moment where you know he gets to actually be the good guy, even if it only mm-hmm. is for fifteen minutes. <laughs> I'm just thinking about everything I saw at the parade yesterday, just thinking that he gets to be the good guy and just how he how he completely sees that moment up on the podium for those who weren't tuned to NHL Network at 1.30 in the afternoon like I was. Um, it was the Caps the cap celebration parade, and he just he took his opportunity and he made the most of it, right? I mean, just dancing on stage, screaming, um, the team singing, we are the champions in front of, you know, a cool couple hundred thousand people on the national mall in dc it was it was so fun to watch because that is a team that that is just about partying i i wonder if it's setting a new precedent like that's not to say that the blackhawks didn't have fun with their parade or that other teams haven't had fun with their celebrations but this by all means is a new standard with swimming in in public fountains (laughs) um video of them at every bar around the country drinking out of the cup. It's just, I feel like they're setting a new standard, which is also maybe a dangerous precedent to set. He's probably doing it much more low-keyed, but this, the guy enjoying this party, the second most of all the Capitals after Ovi, has got to be Barry Trotz. He's a oh free God, agent coach. The, the Joe Flacco, as Dr. J referenced, the Joe Flacco contracts of all contracts coming here because he's about to cash in with the Caps. I thought the same thing. I mean, these guys are, are chasing a Stanley Cup for so long, and, and you talked about Ovi, how, how this has got to be refreshing for him. Just think about, like, the sigh of relief that he had. Um, I don't know when. I don't even know if he's, you know, taking any breaths. But at some point, Ovi gets to just smile and relax and just say, you know what, I did it. I don't have it hanging over me anymore. You know, like, it, it seriously is like a Dan Marino thing, one of the greatest to ever play the game but didn't have a championship. You know, like Ovechkin is legitimately the best goal scorer in the NHL right now. Maybe not the best player, but like the best goal scorer. He sets up shop in that left faceoff circle. Everybody knows the one-timer is coming, and he still blasts it home, what, 60% of the time? So just for him to get that on his, on his resume now has to be just such an unbelievable relief for him. Talking with J.P. Kadoran from Spectrum Sports, and, and J.P., as somebody that's followed the NHL for a long time, when they have a great final like this, now maybe it wasn't a great final specifically, but a great outcome, a high-profile outcome, mm-hmm. we always talk about can the league capitalize on this? Can they yeah. get beyond glorified niche sport in, in our culture? And it, they seem to struggle once they get into October and November <laughs> in those early season games. Yeah, the answer is 100% no, that they have proven year in and year out that they will do absolutely nothing to capitalize this on this and realize what they need to do to get into the thoughts of, of American sports fans. They're just they're so, so awful at marketing, and that's why they are where they are where they are. I mean, they've been passed by how many other sports right now to be, I'm sure they're, what, seventh or eighth as far as people's favorite sport and most interesting sports, so... No, I have absolutely zero faith in them to capitalize on it. See, Although yeah, it's it's certainly a lot better. I mean, like, this, as crazy as to say, this celebration by the Capitals going out and getting wasted everywhere actually helps, right? Because people are actually talking about it instead of, I mean, just think of the alternative. If Winnipeg beats Vegas and then, like, Winnipeg is in the finals versus Washington and Winnipeg wins the cup, I mean, nobody even talks about that 
during the series, let alone <laughs> after it happens, if, if Winnipeg wins the Cup. Quickly, JB, because I know it's your last time with us this week. You're our soccer expert. How's the U.S. going to do at the World Cup this year? <laughs> um, they'll do better in 2026 what? when they're a host country. Wait, wait so they'll, at least they'll be in. They're going to go unbeaten. Uh, yeah, they won't lose. They will <laughs> not lose go. this time, that's I, for the, sure. The best thing, just 10 more seconds, the best thing I heard was that Eventually, U.S. soccer fans root for somebody else in the World Cup anyway. It just takes like a week or two until the U.S. gets eliminated. So it just speeds it up by a week. That's all. Meanwhile, Spain fired its coach on the eve of the uh, World Cup. Oh, look at that. Yeah, thanks, J.P. That is uh, J.P. Kadoran from Spectrum Sports. This is Lucas in the Morning. Last call, Rob. Well, this one was going to be last call yesterday, but Dr. J was not here, so I had to save this one for him. Oh, goody. I can't wait. His guy, Rob Gronkowski, you may have heard. The horse horse Gronk finished second at the uh, Belmont. You know what Gronk put down for a bet, don't you? I do. What was his dollar amount, Dr. J? I believe it was $69.69. Of course it was. Oh, my God. Yes, and that uh, paid off in uh, how many dollars? Gronk is awesome. It doesn't even matter anymore. Gronk is 12. The horse got $280,000 for finishing second. Gronk and his boys were all paid off with their $69 By the way, I... I actually just sold recently. I got a new set of clubs, so I sold my old clubs to my buddy. Yep. He's, uh, he's like, how much do you want? And I was like, you know what? Tell you what. You write me a check for $69.69. We'll call it a, a day. I will show you my bank statement. <laughs> I am not joking. That and, is what uh, we paid for. One it. basketball note. Uh, at the FIBA U18 America's Championship, Kansas coach Bill Self is coaching Team USA. Oof. They played Panama. Yeah. This game was over, folks. I could have coached it. The U.S. team took a 45 to nothing lead and went on to the comfortable 92-point victory, 118-26. to <laughs> It's not good. In the champion and uh, get the tournament going. Congratulations Way to, to go, Coach Bill Self, Self and the yes. boys. It's Lucas in the morning. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.